The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. But Jesus is also the source of our joy. Well, good morning, Agape Word Fellowship, here in Raleigh and around the world. God bless you. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We rejoice. We're glad in it. And I'm so glad that you're part of this worship service this morning. And I want to do a good job of keeping you informed and keeping you abreast and appraised to our progress to reopen the church for a public worship. In my leadership meeting on Thursday evening with our elders and our deacons, based on those conversations and discussions, it's, it's clear to me that we are not in a position to set a date certain to reopen the church at this time. But I'm asking you to hold on a little while longer. And here's what you can do in the interim. You can continue to trust God. And you can, while you're waiting, get, get your vaccine if you haven't gotten it already. By everyone getting the vaccine, or as many people as possible, getting this vaccine, we are collectively hastening not only the reopening of the church, but we are hastening the reopening of our schools, our economy. And uh, so a lot of this depends on you. And uh, so I want everyone to do their part and everyone to remain connected, remain dialed in, continue to be faithful, because this thing is going to happen, not in my time, but in God's time. And you know, God's never late. The old folks used to say in the old church, he may not come when you want him to, but he's always right on time. Glory to God. Glory to God. This morning, I want to read to you from Paul's epistle to the Philippians, to the church at Philippi, in Philippians chapter 3. And I want to start a new message. And today, with this message I want to start is simply a message, Rejoice in the Lord. But I'm calling this message today, our guardrails, our guard guardrail. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says to the church of Philippi, finally, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but is, but for you it is safe. The NIV Bible says it is a safeguard. The New American Standard Bible renders the last part of that verse one as it is a safeguard. And then in Philippians chapter four, verse four, he exhorts the church one more time. He says, rejoice in the Lord. Always. 
Now, many translations of the Bible will, will, will render that word as always, but in the Greek, it is not plural, it's singular, because what he is saying is, rejoice in the Lord all the way. All the way from the beginning to the end. All the way, rejoice in the Lord. Not only from the beginning to the end, but everything in between. No matter what your circumstance is, you rejoice in the Lord. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. So in chapter three, again, Paul says, finally, that makes a lot of believers nervous when they're sitting in a worship service and the man or woman of God is standing before them preaching the word. And they say, finally, because they know it won't be final. Usually when a preacher say finally, that simply means he's getting his second win. And this word finally here simply means as for the rest. It means furthermore. It means moreover. So what is he saying here? As for the rest, therefore, moreover, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Here we clearly see in this verse that rejoicing is something we do, just do, but it's something we recognize that our source of joy is in God himself. Rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not, it's not a problem, he's saying. It's not tedious. It's not a problem. And sometimes it's needful and necessary to Repeat yourselves with the people of God. You got to tell them. Then you got to tell them what you told them. And then you got to remind them that you told them. So he says, it's no problem for me to repeat myself. Because for you, it is your safeguard. And I'm calling this message today, our guardrail. Our guardrail. Now here, Paul is writing this letter to the Philippian church while he's in jail. He's writing it from jail. And I began to think about that of all the jails and the prisons I've visited down through the years. And I thought about the, the inmates that I visit with. I can't recall one inmate who ever showed an expression of joy. Even if they saw the pastor coming, they still didn't show an expression of joy. There was an expression of, uh, of stress or even some depression, anger. But I've never gone into a jail or into a prison. Now, what I have had happen, you know, some facilities, their security is set up differently. But I remember going through a jail and I remember they opened the iron doors for me to walk through. But as I walked through the corridors, I passed the cells of other inmates. And they were all claiming me to be their pastor. Just to get a visit. That's my pastor. I don't even know you. But visiting my attendant inmate, I can't recall one instance when that inmate had joy. But here Paul is in jail he's encouraging the church to have the joy of the Lord. Seems strange to me that a man 
in prison would be telling the church to rejoice. But Paul's attitude teaches us a very powerful lesson. Here's the lesson. Our inner attitudes don't have to reflect our outer circumstance. Let me say it again. Your inner attitude doesn't have to reflect your outer experience, your outer circumstance. It's so easy to get discouraged about life circumstances. For over one year, we've been dealing with this pandemic. And more often than not, we've been getting bad news rather than good news or better news. It's been vicissitudes of ups and downs. And we all wonder, when is the end going to come? Is the end in sight? Some of us are beginning to see a little light at the end of the tunnel. But it's so easy to get discouraged. All because of life circumstances. And then we lose our joy. I know you don't want to raise your hands on this, but many of us have lost our joy. And when you lose your joy, you want to go find your joy. But here's the good news. You'll never have far to go to find your joy because Jesus is not just the center of your joy. He is the source. He is the source of your joy. And the reason we lose our joy is because we're not looking at life from the right perspective. Somebody might say, what is the right perspective? The right perspective to look at life is to look at life the way God does. You view life through the lens of God's word. It is the word of God that should inform us about how we should think about the things that happens in life. But the word of God teaches us that God himself is the source of our joy. It's interesting to me that how liquor sales have just gone through the roof. So many businesses are struggling right now, but not the liquor store. Because for many people, spirits, liquor, beer, wine, and, and an overindulgement uh, uh, and, of that, people think they'll find joy. Paul calls it dissip, dissip, dissipation. It's been inebriated. And if those words are too big to get your arms around, just being drunk. And some folk find joy in trying to drown their sorrows away, drown the depression. And so they'll, they'll indulge in an excessive amount of alcoholic beverages. But the word teaches us that God himself is the source of our joy. In fact, the word teaches us that joy is the natural state of a believer. Jesus said to his disciples, these words have I spoken unto you, that your joy may, that my joy may be, that my joy may be in you, and that my joy may remain in you. Huh? So rejoicing in the Lord is imperative in believing. Rejoicing in the Lord is imperative in living. Rejoicing in the Lord is imperative in giving. 
Rejoicing in the Lord is imperative in serving. Rejoicing in the Lord, stay with me, rejoicing in the Lord is also imperative in suffering. Huh? But the good news is, joy is our guardrail. Huh? It's our guardrail. What is the guardrail? The guardrail, a guardrail is something. Huh? It is something to prevent people from falling off. Think about that. It's something to prevent you from falling off. We have guardrails on the highway to keep us and our cars from falling off in the ditch. We have guardrails on our porches and our decks at our homes to keep us from falling off. You have guardrails even on bunk beds, particularly on that top bunk, to keep you from falling off. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you're on that top bunk. And while you're slumbering and sleeping, having a dream, you fell off. You fell off onto the floor because you didn't have a guardrail. Joy is our spiritual guardrail. It keeps us from falling off and falling off on the deep end, if you will. I was just listening to a report on national news the other night. And here a single mother was lamenting, full of sorrow, just broken that her 10-year-old daughter had committed suicide. 10 years old. So the conditions within this pandemic, pandemic drove this little 10-year-old girl to say, I just want to take my life. So many people are, are depressed now that wasn't depressed before the pandemic. And those that were depressed, their depression has been compounded. So mental illness, the diagnosis for mental illness have just gone through the roof. People are depressed. People are sad. People are feeling hopeless. People are going off over the deep end because they don't have a guardrail. And joy is our guardrail. Just because we have the joy of the Lord doesn't mean we won't face depression. Just because we have the joy of the Lord doesn't mean we, don't, we won't face anger and stress, loneliness. We'll face all those things, but thank God we don't have to go off on the deep end because God has given us a built-in guardrail. And that is the joy of the Lord. So what is joy? We, we talk about joy all the time in the church. We tell folks, don't lose your joy. Some folks say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hold on to your joy. What is joy? Well, joy is cheerfulness. Joy is delight. Joy is gladness. But how can you be cheerful in a pandemic? How can you delight at being confined to a stay-at-home order, sheltering in place? How can you be glad about those kind of things? How can you be cheerful? How can you delight and be glad dealing with the uncertainty about how long this thing is going to go on? 
We need to understand what God says about joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. I need you to hear this. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a spiritual force. Joy is an attribute of God himself who lives inside of you. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against there is no law. There is no force in the universe. There is no law that can neutralize the fruit of God's Spirit in your life if you yield to it. Now, I need to break this down for you because I want you to get this. Paul said to the Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. So when you look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, you can look at the nine fruit of the Spirit, the nine fruits of the Spirit. You can look at them as one fruit or nine. So you can do a one or a nine or a nine or a one. Here's how you understand that, beloved. Paul said the fruit of the Spirit is love. In other words, God is love. The Spirit of God in you is love. And the Spirit of God that is love has attributes. And those attributes of love is joy and peace. Huh? Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Temperance, those could be considered the attributes of love himself because God is love. That's the one. Now let's break it down on the nine. On the nine, you have at least four categories of the fruit of the Spirit. If you break it down on the nine. The first category of the fruit of the Spirit is love. God is love. And love is the grace that God gives us, beloved, to fulfill all of the law. Jesus said that the great commandment was, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Then love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the second law. And it's still based on law. Then he told his disciples in another place, he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love one another. So that's the first category of the fruit of the Spirit. To me, that's the low-hanging fruit. Everybody ought to have the love of God in your heart. But the second category... Of, of, of the fruit of the Spirit is joy and peace. Joy and peace. Joy and peace ought to be the natural state of every believer. Joy and peace should be normal for all of us. We have joy because of his word. We have joy because of his strength given unto us. And we have peace because 
We have been justified by faith. Now, we, because we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And that same God keeps us in perfect peace because our minds are stayed upon him. That ought to be our natural state. Then the third category of the fruit of the Spirit would be long-suffering. Follow me now. It would be long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Is that right? Faith, meekness. Now, what is all that about? That is the grace that God gives us to relate to one another. Let me break it down for you. In our relationships with one another, we ought to treat each other with kindness. That's what gentleness is. Kindness. We ought to be good-hearted toward one another. I don't want to see anything bad happen to my brother my sister. I want to see only goodness come to them. So not only am I kind-hearted, not only do I wish good things to happen to my brother and sister, but I got to learn to be patient with them. That's long-suffering. I got to learn to be patient. We give up on people too quickly, and yet we want people to be more patient with us. We got to learn to suffer long. Because we, we got a guardrail. We're not going over, off over the deep. Huh? And then to do all these things, you got to have meekness. You got to be willing to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You got to resist pride and humble God Himself. You got to do that. You got to have that meekness. Now, that is the grace that God gives us to relate to one another. And if you relate to your brother and sister, every one of them, with long-suffering, with gentleness, with goodness, if you relate to every one of them with faithfulness, in other words, fidelity, have faith in your brother and your sister the same way you want them to have faith in you. Have faith in them. And then humble yourself during the process. Then that fourth category, I'm getting there, that fourth category of the fruit of the Spirit it's temperance. Temperance. What is temperance? That's self-control. Self-control. Temperance is controlling our appetites, our desires, and our passions. As long as we're in this fleshly body, we have a soul to deal with. Huh? You see, even though you got saved, that old man, that old nature is still inside of you. And the soulless ram, the unconverted soulless ram of that old man has appetites. It has desires. It has passions. And we got to have some self-control or we're going to go off on the deep end. But in the process of having that self-control, we got to keep the joy of the Lord. We got to continue to rejoice in the Lord. Or you're going to go off on the deep end. I don't care what I'm going through. And I've faced some difficult days. I've gone through some hard places. But one of the things that have helped me to get to the other side was not losing joy in the Lord. To continue to rejoice in the Lord. It's like when you begin to rejoice in the Lord, your heavy burden all of a sudden becomes light. 
huh? Your darkness begins to turn to day. When you rejoice in the Lord, the heaviness you feel, all of a sudden there's a lightness because of the joy of the Lord. But make no mistake about it. I am not talking about happiness. Did you hear what I said? Joy is not happiness. You know, happiness is a state of mind. That's all it is. It's a state of mind based on circumstances and happenings. That's what happiness is. And a lot of people don't understand. You cannot look to God for happiness. He's already given you joy. You have to look to yourself for happiness. If you're unhappy, if you're unhappy, listen to what I'm saying. Don't look outside of yourself for happiness. Don't look outside of yourself. Don't look to another person. Many single people think that if they get married, they'll be happy. If you're looking to another person to make you happy, that means you're a sad individual. And if you can, cannot find your happiness within yourself, why would somebody want to be with you in the first place? Nobody who's already happy want to be with somebody that's sad. So happiness is a state of mind. It's based on circumstances. Circumstances change. Circumstances can go from being positive to negative. Then all of a sudden you've lost your happiness. Happiness is based on happenings. But I'm telling you, if you're unhappy, do something about it. If you're unhappy, create some happiness. Don't look to somebody else to do it for you. The first revelation in the Bible we have about our creator, our God, is that he is a creator. God created the heavens and the earth. He created man. And now that we are the children of God, if there's any unhappiness in our lives, then we ought to take our God-like qualities and create some happiness. I'm telling you, God never promised to give us happiness. Nowhere in the scriptures. But he did promise us joy. Huh? So joy is that guardrail. It's that guardrail that remains unchanged regardless of the circumstances in life. And you never know what a day going to bring. This is why I like to say to myself and I say before you all the time that this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You see, I don't believe I have bad days. I didn't say bad things don't happen to me on some days. Don't get it twisted. I say I don't have bad days. Even when bad things ha happen, they don't have me. They're just happening. I still got the joy of the Lord because I got a guardrail. And that guardrail keeps me on the straight and narrow. It keeps me moving forward without going off on the deep. And so, beloved, our, our ground, our foundation for rejoicing, it's in the Lord. It's in the Lord, not circumstances. It's in the Lord. Huh? Let me share an illustration with you of this. Now, Paul is accredited for writing two-thirds of the New Testament Bible. And yet, most of his writing occurred while he was in chains. I want you to think about this. It occurred while he was in jail. 
It occurred while he was under some duressful situations. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.